0: Hey there Slump Busters, this is your host Juju Talk Sports and it's time for the Slump Buster Podcast. First things first, we start off with my appearance on Hooftube on YouTube. Now Hooftube gives us his top five mascots and I put a damper on Hooftube's sausage party. Enjoy the debate. Then, this pod has two great guests for the price of one episode. Next on deck is Dylan Sim of the Next on Deck Podcast. Dylan and I get to talk the latest happenings in the NFL, but before we do that folks, we gotta give a shout out to the best partners in the game, our partners, And if you got to do some holiday shopping, I strongly suggest you don't be a chump. You use promo code SLUMP. Save yourself a lot of money because if you want the perfect gifts to put under that Christmas tree, you're going to start at manscaped.com. Now, Manscaped is the number one in men's grooming. They have nick-free technology, and they have the perfect package 2.0. What's in the perfect package 2.0? Well, how about the lawnmower 3.0? And this thing is expertly tested. It is proven to make sure that the downstairs area It's perfect for Mrs. Claus coming into the holiday season. Now, I highly suggest you use promo code SLUMP, save yourself tons of money on not just that lawnmower 3.0, but how about the crop preserver, the anti-chaping boxer briefs? I'm telling you, they have plenty of stocking stuffers, and I think you need to get some manscaped.com in your life. And you got to use promo code SLUMP to save 20% off plus free shipping and handling. But if you need a little bit of energy to get you through that Christmas morning, how about using CavemanCoffeeCode.com? CavemanCoffeeCo.com, promo code SLUMP. They have nitro cold brew, hibiscus teas, pumpkin spice lattes. They have a lot of great flavors. The mammoth one, if you really want to get that morning started right, check out CavemanCoffeeCo.com. But if you need a little bit more money before you go out there and spend on these holiday gifts, why not check out RazorSport.com? Now, RazorSport is going to give you money because they're going to give you the right tools to beat Vegas. Beat Vegas, that's what I would call a perfect gift for the holidays. Razorsport, R-A-Z-E-R, sport.com. Check them out. They have plenty of free trials going on, and they have a diverse crew of bettors and handicappers who have been betting against Vegas for years and know what it takes to make sure that you are on the right side of that Sunday slate, whether it be the NFL games, we have some NBA starting up, and right around the corner baseball season. Razorsport, R-A-Z-E-R, sport.com. All right, guys, it is time for the episode, episode 79 of the Slump Buster. Let's get into it, and let's hashtag that's the slump. Enjoy. Slump. Quiet on the set. Make sure my mic is on. There is Dre and Juju Dog diving towards the pylon. Go for two, so damn rude, recognize authority Spitting tips for fantasy, no way you're outscoring me Bold predictions with conviction every single day Sports addiction, no restriction, kicking game like Pele. He's the greatest, what's the basis? Pick an athlete, let's debate this game Outrageous trading places, sudden death, take 10 paces Turn and shoot, boys the truth, Mamba mentality Future greats take their place, dreams become reality Low and outside,
1: knocked it out the pot Your boy discovered fire like a rock with a spark fresh acting like me and the thought flags nothing calls proper gossips tragic falls every
0: week discuss it all settle down listen up free and time like andrew luck shows about the star i suggest you buckle up
1: we got a big topic to talk about today juju on his story on his instagram story he made a little poll he said that what mascot is your favorite what is your top mascot and i made a little comment I'm from Wisconsin, home of the Green Bay Packers, home of the Milwaukee Brewers, home of the Milwaukee Bucks. And I said, respect the racing sausages. And my buddy over here decided he wanted to disrespect the Milwaukee Brewers racing sausages. So I said, come on my show. We'll talk about it. We'll get to the bottom of it because I want to show you the top five mascots in sports. Are you ready?
0: Yeah. Let's hear that list. Let's go through them. What you got?
1: Uh, a lot of people don't know this. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but I'm a second generation mascot. My dad was a mascot in high school. I was a mascot all four years of high school. I got recruited to be a mascot in intramural leagues over in Milwaukee. Not going to talk about it. It was a roller skating team. It wasn't like football or anything, but it was a roller skating team.
0: Oh, well, High contact in there too. High
1: contact. That's what I'm saying. You know, some, some 50 year old broads just Something. banging into people.
0: Watch those elbows, you know. You never know, man.
1: Yeah, I'm skipping okay? yeah, aggressive. So I know a lot about mascots, like I said. So I've been watching mascots for years, trying to learn all the tricks and traits to these mascots. So I, I think I know a lot about these. Are you ready? Go for it. All right, number five on my list of the best mascots to ever walk this earth, I have number five, San Diego Chicken. San Diego Chicken not only has been on multiple teams, but he has been the image of mascots for over 30 years. So I'm going to give it to the San Diego chicken at number five. Any comments?
0: Uh, San Diego chicken. I mean, okay. Well, I feel like he definitely gets overshadowed in San Diego themselves because they do have the fryer there. So there is a lot of stuff going on. And then even though now he resides in LA, you can't forget about Boltman, One of the scariest mascots in the NFL. He's even rocking around those, uh, high quality shades, you know, those perfect shades to really represent the bolt man. uh, You got to respect,
1: respect, man. You got to respect veterans, respect your seniors, respect the the San Diego chicken. Okay.
0: I'm, Hey, I'm not disrespecting him. I'm just calling him chicken. See what I did there.
1: Okay. Moving on, on, moving on. You're not going to get under my skin like you did last time. Okay. Moving on. Number four. The man that took a lot of comments on your poll, Mr. Gritty of the Philadelphia Flyers. He is one of the newest mascots in sports. He was voted in 2018 as the favorite mascot by fans. And I'm pretty sure that he was your favorite on your poll as well.
0: Yeah, Gritty definitely got like some of the most buzz there. So some other mascots, I'm sure we'll touch on some of these guys, maybe a Benny the Bull, or Sir Per, but when it came to Gritty, he was consistently getting thrown on there. And you're right. He's pretty new to the bunch. We didn't have a lot of NHL mascots dropped. I think what it is, is he's such a unique design. From my understanding, he was like kind of fan-made. But uh, yeah, you know you know how I like to use like, music whenever I'm posting stories and everything like that. I was yeah. so tempted to throw on some like Michael Myers Halloween-type music in the background because, Gritty, really, when you just look into those eyes, man, tell me you don't get a little bit of chills just running down your spine.
1: It's creepy, but you know, I got to give respect to Gritty because he is a fan favorite. Do I think that he should be over a veteran like the San Diego Chicken? Yes. Maybe if you asked me a year ago, hell no. But I'll give it to Gritty at number four on my list, okay? Moving on. Number three on my list, you just mentioned his name a little bit. Mr. Benny the Bull of the Chicago Bulls. He has had so many memories of being a mascot. He won stole a Celtics fan girl and dumped a soda on his head. He also shot Kevin Garnett with a t-shirt gun and had to get a fight broken up between the two. And uh, he also gave a man a hug and causing spinal injuries worth $2.5 million.
0: Dang. Uh, I mean, it's still not as much of a money throw away as Zach O'Bean's contract, but I think the bill, the Bulls can survive um, as far as, Evaluate Benny the Bull. I mean, let's face it, classic 90s mascot. He's been the most positive thing of the Bulls franchise for the last 30 years past Jordan. So I got to give it to Benny the Bull. He's carrying the whole team on his back. Benny the Bull, you are a champion. But I will say that that Celtics fan thing actually was legitimate fake news. I know we didn't talk about fake news much in the really? mid-2000s, but was put on by their PR team. I did a little bit of pre-show really? research into Benny the Bull for this one.
1: It I was pitch. Compared-
0: it was staged. I hate to like pull the curtain back. You know, I know everyone likes to have that like magician moment, but you know, sometimes you peek behind the curtain and it just get all, all exposed.
1: That's a shame. Because also Benny the Bull, he has a whole family of bulls. He has the big bull, the blow up bull, he has the female bull, he's got a baby bull, he's got so many bulls down there. That's why they're the Chicago Bulls, because of Benny. Benny mm-hmm. is the Benny is the heart and soul of the bulls. Okay. <laughs> That's Moving no bull. Moving on. The spinal injury person, the spinal injury, that's actually number two on my list. I'm sorry. I misread that. Number two on my list. I have the Philly fanatic. You have to give it to Philly, the the fanatic. All right. He was the person that gave $2.5 million of spinal injuries, not Benny the Bull. I apologize. I misread that reading it really quickly. All right. He has the most lawsuits of Any Mascot, okay? That's why he's number two on my list. Any comments?
0: I was so shocked that no one dropped Philly Fanatic in our IG story poll. Like, that kind of bummed me out because he's one of those classic mascots. He's one of those characters that people always look back on. And when we're just talking mascots, Philly Fanatic, I know the Philly Fanatic. They've had a whole Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes on the Philly Fanatic. Tommy Lasorda, his fight with the Philly Fanatic in the 80s legendary that's one of those all-time coach versus mascots fights we talk about robin lopez now but no tommy Osota, philly fanatic is the og of managers coaches getting in fights with mascots and yeah i think you got to put some respect on your elder statesman the philly fanatic's yeah, yeah. been here for a while and he's here to thank stay. thank you thank you Plus he's Philly. He's Philly in a nutshell. You know, that edge, that hard Philly mentality, you know, that Rocky, it's sure. Rocky and Philly fanatic. Those are the mascots of the city.
1: He really does fit that, per- that persona of Philadelphia super well. Okay. Moving on. All right. Number one on my list. Now a lot of people probably could see where I'm going with this pick, but I'm going to give everyone a little bit of a swerve this week. Why? Because it's not just one mascot. I have to give respect to a group of mascots a bigger group of mascots, not just the racing sausages, but I'm going to give number one this week to the mascots for the entire state of Wisconsin. Why? You have Bernie Brewer, you have Bucky Badger, you have the racing sausages, you have Bango, Bango, Bango for the Milwaukee Bucks, and then for the Packers, you even have non-mascots, mascots mascots like Charlie Barons and Matt Ramage. So I have to give it to number one, best mascots in sports, to Wisconsin. The whole entire state. That is my state. I got to represent, baby. What's your thoughts?
0: Okay. Well, you know, I mean, there's a lot to pick apart there. We got to dissect a little bit, but I would say when it comes to the racing sausages, I have nothing against the racing sausages who just got to like throw it in there. I know I got to get under your skin a little bit. That starts these conversations. That incites intrigue. And that's why I got to say, When I went to spring training back in the day with my dad, with my grandpa, I watched um, in Maryville Stadium, the racing sausages. It really brings out like that childhood appeal to me. And then they racially appropriated when they made chorizo. But I let bygones be bygones and it's fine. It's fine. I don't use my culture. So at least someone else should. And as far as the other mascots there, I mean, you know, the Badger. Yeah. As far as college mascots, there's a lot of good college mascots here. You know, in doing kind of like research for the show, I was like, what makes a bad mascot? Because there's bad mascots out there too that I feel like okay. we should talk about here. So I, I feel like any mascot that resembles a person generally is, uh, yeah, I got to give thumbs down. Like it reaches that uncanny valley. So I'm talking that Sourdough Sam. I'm talking Boltman, like I said. Patriot Pat, Rowdy, the Cowboys uh, mascot. The worst I saw, King Cake Baby from the New Orleans Pelicans. Whoever made this thing, if you, I don't <laughs> I know, give if you that kind one, of like, one, two, three, that like, what does this thing look like? It will incite nightmares. We talk about Gritty being a nightmare feel, King Cake baby from the Pelicans, the worst mascot design ever. One of the other ones again, you don't want to do anything racist, of course. That's another one you want to avoid. The Chief Wahoo's, the Aztecs from SDSU, those are another ones there. So again, talk about chorizo, maybe yep, I don't know. Fine. I don't get offended. There's some people in 2020 that might. Uh, let's see, Crazy Crab the 1984 San Francisco Giants mascot, the worst mascot of all time voted by a lot of people.
1: For what reason?
0: Because he was pegged as the anti-mascot. So the team was playing shitty. They had 96 losses that season, and they encouraged fans to throw shit at it. And basically, Crazy Crab only lasted that 1984 season, and the Giants didn't have a mascot up until – the late 2010s when they brought in Lucille. And I'll say this, I think Lucille's a baller. Crazy Crab, though, has whole e, e- 60, 30 for 30 shorts on him. I think we, should, we forgot about men- mentions some people that I, I want to talk about. Sir Perr. I want to talk about Sir Perr a little bit. Just because I know he's new. I know he's got a little bit of love because of Robbie Anderson. And I feel as though if Robbie Anderson somehow retires his career with the Panthers, I feel like they should do some promos with Sir Perr and Robbie Anderson kind of going That'd back cool. and forth. Think of the gotta do that? That was probably one of my favorite videos of that. What do you think of that Robbie Anderson mic up moment?
1: It was the same moment that I had. It was what is that cat doing? Or what is or what is that bear doing? It's like what
0: team he's on. First,
1: yeah. Is when you look at it, like, yes, I yeah. kinda understand where Robbie Anderson's going with it. It could be a black bear or it could be a leopard. I don't know. It's not it doesn't look like a panther, that's for sure. But Sir per, I have to give some respect. He's not a top five, maybe a top 10, maybe a top 15, but there's not a lot of mascots to really pick from in the NFL that are really, really good.
0: The mascots. absolute disgust, though, just you call him that.
1: Sir per. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, like when Robbie Anderson's like, "You, that's what you call him? That's and your you know mascot. He, and DJ would- Moore just like, yeah. That's what we call him, Sir Per.
1: (laughs) He came from the Jets where there's no culture. It's showing right now, but that's for another day. Uh, What you're talking about with resembling human figures as mascots, I think that sometimes it can be okay, only if you're doing like – like a leprechaun, like the Notre Dame, le- like Notre Dame Fighting Irish, how they okay. have someone dressed up as a leprechaun. I think that, that you have to works. do real
0: people. That's, That's the thing. The
1: real people, real people mascots, not fake real people like the Kardashians. Okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you know what's your thought on live mascots in general? Because I feel as though we didn't mention like this one was voted by a lot of people to be the best mascot in general, and this is a college mascot, Uga. Now Uga U G A the bulldog. You know.
1: One of my favorite
0: moments, too, um, living in the state of Texas, Bevo and Ugga from a couple years ago at the Sugar Bowl. You remember that one? Just the look of horror. Just like, you realize there's a lawsuit actually going on with that one right now? Yeah, the uh, handler for Bevo is uh, suing because of injuries. So you going to talk about lawsuits because of mascots. Uh, Injuries trying to restrain (laughs) Bevo from uh, basically (laughs) sparing Ugga.
1: Oh, my God. Alright, well we gotta move on to the next okay, topic. Okay, fair enough. Oh. Alright.
0: This is a message brought to you by the Foundation for a Perfect Package. Why do I need Manscape? Why do I need Manscaped? Why do I need Manscaped? Because the only thrill I want is the one out of ten. Because being in a relationship is not an excuse to be lazy. Because I like talking ball, not smelling like them because deforestation is proven to prevent forest virus. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped's crop preserver guarantees
2: that you smell your best all day long. Manscaped boxer briefs the
0: most comfortable underwear on the market. Manscaped's advanced skincare technology makes Nyx a thing of the past. Manscaped is the number one in men's grooming. Subscribers get two free blade refills every three months, get 20% off, plus free shipping and handling with the promo code slump at manscaped.com. That's the promo code slump at manscaped.com. Get your lawnmower 3.0 today. We are the Slump Busters. And we approve this message. guys this is juju talk sports you like sports betting right of course you do well let's bust that slump let me tell you about razorsport.com razor is a worldwide sports betting network all designed around helping you their diverse crew of handicappers produce plays the biggest sharps don't want you to know about go to their website right now and sign up for a free trial at razorsport.com that's razor r-a-z-e-r sport.com proud partners of the slump buster podcast check them out and enjoy the rest of the show welcome back slump buster so you are listening to episode 79 of the slump buster podcast and i am joined today with dylan sims of the was it the next on deck pod is if i'm understanding right right yep, is that yep it? all right. right perfect i was just going off memory there but well, i appreciate you coming on you know like i said i've seen you very active in the comment section so tell me like how has the podcasting life been treating you my friend
2: Uh well you know it's it's not been too bad i haven't been uh as active with uploads as, uh, you know, I'm going through school. So it's kind of tough with the Corona and the whole school situation to stay with it. But you guys post some really funny memes. And, uh, you know, I love uh, interacting with uh, different content
0: creators and, uh,
2: you know, getting the hang of the the podcast
0: scene. So, yeah, like what it. we tell people is just, you know, come for the meme, stay for the pod. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I you know you got to do definitely some outreach, uh, working with different creators. Like we've met a ton of great people through this whole experience and i know you will too so how long have you been doing it overall uh it hasn't been that long
2: i kind of actually started when quarantine happened because uh you know it was kind of something like you know a little side hustle uh to pick up but you know i love sports so you know it was just something to do in my free time and uh you know hopefully it can turn into something but if it doesn't you know still have a great time you know just doing podcasts and talking about sports
0: See, that's the interesting thing about kind of coronavirus times. We would say that our biggest boom was during the quarantine phase. Right, we talked all in last NFL season. We talked through the start of the NBA season. But one quarantine hit, it got us the opportunity to do a little bit more interviews, kind of mix it up a little bit. And I think it's one of the more unique times. So what was your first subject you remember covering, like, on your pod? I believe, I think the first thing I covered was the NFL draft.
2: Okay. Uh, I just kind of did the the overview of everything, um, you know, my predictions. And then, you know, I did the next video was, like, winners and losers of the draft. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed doing that coverage. Uh, it was kind of tough because I believe around the time, that's when, like, sports were all canceled. And, you know, there wasn't really much going on. So it was kind of the
0: only thing to cover. but I enjoyed it. It was fun. A lot of the narrative back then was people wanted even the NFL draft to consider canceling altogether. And it went off without a hitch. The only hitch I would say is that every single player's bio had to include some sad tragedy that affected their life. And everyone was like, "Ah, I don't know about that ESPN, but yeah,
2: it it was a little touchy, but you know what, for the situation overall, I thought the NFL did a pretty good job with the
0: draft and everything. So yeah, I would say the NFL's, done a pretty good job in general with how they've handled this kind of pandemic compared to the their other peers and colleagues mm-hmm. they had the benefit of the doubt they had more time of course than the MLB and the NBA who had to adjust on the fly in mid-season but I would say their general policy so far at this point of just kind of like pushing through with the, all the testing the rapid testing they've been doing it seemed to be pretty effective I think I've been pretty happy with it overall what about you?
2: I, I think they've done a pretty good job, uh, you know, testing players every day and just keeping on it. I think the only issues for me is just, like, they are very inconsistent with, like, game cancellations and stuff like that, I think. Obviously, with the Ravens and the Steelers, their Thanksgiving game, that kind of threw off the Steelers a lot, uh, you know, because, you know, I'm a Steelers fan, but that threw them off a lot. And then to not cancel the Broncos game, because they they made an attempt to make I, – I forget which coach it was. It might have been their quarterback's coach to let him play in the game Mm -hmm. as the quarterback. I guess that's how desperate they were. I don't know. I I think they could have done better with that situation in particular,
0: but overall they've done a very good job handling the situation. I think that's a good starting point there. So you're a Steelers fan. Obviously the Steelers were 11-0 up until last night. They lost a team without a name. Now the Washington football team, I will say this. They've been playing very well on defense. And with Alex Smith, he's looking better each week as he gets more repetition comes back easy comeback player of the year right there. Do you find yourself a little bit worried right now with where the Steelers are heading into the playoffs? Do you think the chiefs even potentially pass them for that one seed?
2: Uh, I think the chiefs will get the one seed. Uh, it's going to be – because the Steelers have, you know, a couple tough games coming up. They have to play the Bills and the Colts and the Browns out of their – I believe you have four games left. Uh, so the the Chiefs will definitely, you know, beat them out for that one spot. I'm glad that they, you know, kind of lost. I feel like it kind of brings them back to reality in a way. You know, gives them something to kind of play for and makes them realize, like, we're – you know, this is still the NFL. Like, we got to play our best at all times if we're going to, you know, be champs.
0: I definitely do – think that it is a nice little wake-up call every now and then when you get a loss. I don't encourage people losing on purpose, <laughs> though. Yeah. I think, if anything, it was just a loss given. Like you said, they've had a lot of weird scheduling mishaps, and when you're having to play Baltimore on a Wednesday and then come back for a Monday night game, I couldn't even imagine how they choreographed practice. I don't know. How how in tune were you with put, how, practice reports? How did they manage that one?
2: Uh, honestly, I'm not really sure, but I would think that they would, like, uh, you know, not practice as hard. Uh, you know, with the first team, uh, you know, with reps and stuff because they're already exhausted. I mean, they are. They only had four days rest for this game, and you know, with the injury, like we're starting to rack up injuries on defense. So, you know, so that's starting to worry me a little bit. So the rookies gotta the gotta come through a little bit, and they probably gave him more practice reps, but I don't honestly don't know how because, and even the week before playing on Wednesday, I don't know. It's yeah. it's tough for them
0: without um, Bush, and now you're missing Bud Dupree. That's definitely two huge impact players on the mm-hmm. team, and allowed you know Alex Smith obviously sit a little bit more comfortable back there, uh, complete his five yard checkdowns, and uh, it was yep. good enough to get them the win. But that's last week. That's week thirteen in the books for you. Big fantasy football week. Hopefully you guys made it into your fantasy football playoffs heading into this next week. Thursday night though, we're going to be seeing a Super Bowl rematch. Now, this is going to be the New England Patriots versus the Los Angeles Rams. At the moment, the Rams are a five-point favorite heading into the game. And you would say that sounds about right. The Los Angeles Rams, they're leading the NFC West. The Patriots, you look at this roster, and you're like, how are they putting this scatter?" But the Patriots are 6-6. Six and six. Obviously, we've been talking about Belichick versus Brady. You look at that, they're only separated by a game as of now, record-wise, and you would say the Bucks have a lot more talent on their roster than the New England Patriots. But in this game alone, do you foresee the Patriots going into Los Angeles, or actually, I should say, staying in Los Angeles for the second week in a row, and beating the Los Angeles Rams? I do not, and it's only because of one guy, Aaron Donald.
2: He has just been a monster lately. He's been just terrifying like terrorizing offenses i i just cam's cam's a good quarterback and he's honestly doing better than i thought he would on the patriots but i just do not see the patriots offense contending against that rams defense and with the the Rams having such a diverse, uh, you know, wide receiver core and them really being to able throw, to throw the ball anywhere, um, you know, Stefan Gilmore can't stop all of them. And you know, as, you know, J.C. Jackson is coming up, on Thursday night it's always hard to win on the road. So I definitely see the Rams uh, taking that one.
0: I mean, it is in the road, but like I said, the Patriots had the benefit they didn't have to travel. And the last time they faced Jared Goff and Sean McVay – They held them to six points in the Super Bowl. We saw Jared Goff versus that Miami Dolphins team, which you would consider New England Patriots' light earlier this year, and they just got absolutely destroyed. I am going to take the Patriots to actually basically mark themselves as a Los Angeles new team, beating the Chargers and Rams, and say, yeah, Belichick continues his ownage of the younger coach, Sean McVay, uh, moving into the Sunday slate. Of course, it's just another reminder for Bears fans that they didn't draft Deshaun Watson as they get to face him live and in person in Chicago, as the Houston Texans will be going against the Chicago Bears. Uh, The Texans are a two-point road favorite going into Chicago, which is kind of surprising to me in a small way, because I do think at least the Bears, they still have that defense there, even though the defense kind of gave up against Aaron Rodgers, I do think that they can hold strong. And actually, I'm going to pick them to win here at home against the Texans. I don't like betting against Deshaun Watson, but we still got to remember, this is a Texans team that has Romeo Cornell as its head coach. They have a lot of turmoil going around in the locker room. And they have the worst run defense in the league. If any team can allow David Montgomery to kind of whittle down the clock and allow the defense play strong, I think it would be the Texans.
2: Yeah, I I think this is honestly going to be a surprisingly high scoring game uh, because, you know, Deshaun Watson is, you know, just Deshaun Watson, top five QB. Uh, He's really devastated after last week's, uh, you know, fumble against the Colts. So, I think he comes back here, and I think he is going to beat the Bears, who also did not play well against Matthew Stafford last week. Matthew Stafford just kind of ripped apart uh, their defense. But I-, I still see the Texans uh, taking it, but I think
0: it's going to be a high scoring game, and it's going to be close. Okay, one of the challenges about a Corona season obviously, all the scheduling reshuffling has messed with our recording schedule. So, one of these teams heading into tonight's game is going to be the Dallas Cowboys against the Ravens. We don't know the results of that game quite yet, but I'm going to assume the Ravens won. Let's leave it at that. If I'm here when this pod comes out, then so be it. But if you like revenge games, the Cowboys will be going into Cincinnati, Andy Dalton's first game back in Cincinnati outside of their uniform, and they are four-point favorites currently as it stands. Again, this line might be affected depending on tonight's results. I think that... The Bengals are in dire straits at this point. Obviously, Joe Burrow went down a couple weeks ago. They lost another QB this week. They're going to have to go to Ryan Finley, their third stringer this week. Two, nine, and one. The Cowboys aren't much better, and you don't love betting on the Cowboys to do much of anything this year. But if one thing they can do is move the ball offensively, the Bengals don't have much in the way of a defense. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Cowboys, even with that minus four line.
2: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll agree with you there. I think the Cowboys are going to take this one just because, Andy Dalton, like you said, it is a revenge game for Annie Dalton. And, uh, you know, the Bengals, I feel like they just have no fight. They don't really, it's not like they're playing for, you know, the first overall pick or, you know, even helping Joe Burrow out, you know, it's just, they're just kind of at the point in the season where they're just like, okay, we're just going to see, you know, how everything goes. So I definitely see the Cowboys taking it. And I think Zeke has a rebound game as he has been struggling lately.
0: If you were looking at this next game at the start of the year, you would have just chalked it up as an easy win for the chiefs, but not so much anymore. Not so fast. They're heading into Miami, Miami's sitting there at eight and four in the driver's seat for a playoff position, yet Kansas City still stands as a touchdown favorite. I will give Miami a little bit more of a fighting chance based off what they have on defense. They have two outstanding cover corners led by Xavier Howard, and I do have my concerns about them offensively because, let's face it, if you've been watching the Miami Dolphins play, Tua is not looking great or fun or exciting and it was almost disappointing. So, obviously, one of my hot takes last week, when my good juju, bad juju start sit for fantasy football was putting in Ryan Fitzpatrick. Find out Sunday morning it's not going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick starting. It's going to be Tua Tagalavoya. And they did not have the best performance offensively against the Bengals. Again, a trash defense there. That gives me concern because I'd like to see Tua be able to air it out, but it doesn't seem like they want to let him do that. And you're going to have to let air it out a little bit against the Chiefs. Chiefs are going to win touchdown line I don't want to do it because I like the Dolphins defense but I'll do it just because I don't know if they could keep up with them offensively
2: yeah no I have to agree with you there I honestly think the Dolphins if they have any chance of winning this game they got to start Ryan Fitzpatrick
0: I know two is their future
2: and you know he has his moments here and there but right now as you know a winning team I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is their best chance uh, you know to make a run in the playoffs and everything like that and Although they do have a great defense, you know, it's tough to hang with Patrick Mahomes. And I I just see the Chiefs taking it this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one of those tough debates. It's like, obviously, Tua, he is your guy moving forward. He is going to be your long-term starter, maybe. That's still kind of up in there. Yeah, You would say that Ryan Fitzpatrick, he gives you the best chance at the playoffs this year because you look at the offense with and without him, it's night and day before they benched him. He was a top seven QB in terms of QBR. You don't see that kind of benching too often. And I understood it because it was after the bye week. It made a lot of sense on paper, but as you kind of watch the season develop, it's like Miami, you're eight and four. You're not good enough to get like a a good, like high round draft pick again. So you might as well just go for the playoffs, go all in and we'll try and win these next four weeks. Do what gives you the best chance to win. And right now that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, exactly. I'll agree with you there. Okay. Next game up coming off a huge upset on the road, the resilient, Fighting New York Giants will be hosting the Arizona Cardinals. The New York Giants at five and seven, Danny Dimes, Vanilovic, whatever you want to call him, he's still probably going to be out with that hamstring injury more than likely. So it's going to be the Colt McCoy show again. With that said, the Cardinals are two and a half point favorites on the road. The Cardinals have lost four of their last five games and really they could have lost five straight if it wasn't for a miraculous DeAndre Hopkins touchdown at the end of the game against Buffalo. Can they get right against the New York Giants, Doing? I honestly, I think they're going to have a tough
2: time, especially way. And, uh, you know, I all I've been hearing the last couple of weeks is how underrated that Giants defense is. And uh, I think Kyler Murray's going to have a tough time with it. And I don't see this as the week they come back. Um, I actually don't even see them really making the playoffs, uh, you know, the way they've been playing lately, like you said, uh, losing the last four or five games. So I'll take the Giants here in a, I think it, it will be a surprise upset. The Giants just have that drive to win the division as the football team's putting up a pretty solid fight, as you can see, beating the Steelers yesterday, so I'll take the
0: Giants in this one. I think what's coming down to is Kyler Murray, obviously, I think he's battling a little bit of injury. They're not letting him move as much, and that has dragged down the whole offense, and their defense isn't good enough to keep them in most games, and their coach isn't that good enough. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not a huge Cliff Kingsbury fan. Right now, it might be obvious that Joe Judge might be the better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. And I don't think a lot of us would have been saying that at the start of the year. I will actually go with the Cardinals though, just because they have enough talent. I think the car, the Giants are coming off a huge road victory. They're riding high. They had to go all the way into Seattle. Now they're coming back all the way cross country to play in New York. I think that's kind of like a bad recipe in terms of travel, in terms of the emotional high coming off that victory against Seattle, because Twitter was hyping it up. You could tell the Giants players overexcited. Mm-hmm. Coming off a huge game like that, I think they're bound for a letdown. I'm going to pick the Cardinals on the road. Next game, Vikings. Six and six have great opportunity at the playoffs now. Things have really opened up with them with Arizona's struggles. They are going into Tampa. Tampa is coming off a bye week. They're 7 of 5. Brady, Bruce Arians have been in each other's throats the last few weeks. They are still six and a half point favorites. I like the Buccaneers coming off the bye to put away the Vikings. The Vikings defense has gotten better in recent weeks, but they still don't have necessarily the cover corners to be able to keep up with the speed and talent on the outside that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do have.
2: Yeah, I I think this is probably the easiest pick we've had today. I think the Buccaneers take this one in a landslide as the Vikings are making a comeback for the playoffs and could get that, uh, you know, last playoff spot, but I just, you know, the Buccaneers coming off the bye at home, I don't see any way they're going to lose here.
0: And their defense, I think, can do enough to really make Cousins feel a little bit uncomfortable in the pocket. And I think that's why, again, easy victory there. Next game, going to be the Denver Broncos going into Carolina. So another kind of Super Bowl rematch in recent years. Both these teams are far away away from those Super Bowl aspirations. As the Denver Broncos are sitting at 4-8, and eight, this week they have a quarterback to at least play for them. So at least that's a plus for them. But the Carolina <laughs> Panthers at four and eight at home. I like them a little bit more this week. Uh, Denver's been playing really well at home, but their home road splits never really justified them on the road to pull off any upsets. I don't see the line posted on ESPN as of yet. I'm going to assume the Panthers are the favorite. I'm going to take the Panthers.
2: Yeah, uh, this, this one's a tough one for me because, you know, Drew Locke has his moments. Obviously, last week he didn't play as well uh, against the Chiefs, even though they had a fight, like a pretty good chance to take that game. I think the Panthers take this because I believe Christian McCaffrey is supposed to come back next week. And, you know, he's such a huge part of their offense, uh, you know, tough to stop. I just see the
0: Panthers taking this one. Okay. We go into the AFC South for this next matchup as the Tennessee Titans coming off a very surprising, horrible game for them against the Cleveland Browns. will be going into Jacksonville. So perfect opportunity to get back, reset the mind a little bit. You face a one in 11 team. No reason you should struggle. Derrick Henry, in December, runs over Jacksonville Jaguars. Seven and a half point line. I'm going to take the Titans. Quick fantasy take, though. I want to completely underrate Mike Lennon, maybe, because we learned no pass rush from the Tennessee Titans. Zero, zip, zilch. At least they have a good running game, though. So they should be able to run over Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, the Titans will take it easy here. You know, they just kind of had a fluke last week. I think, uh, you know, they still almost came back in that game and they played pretty well in the second half. But, yeah, I see the Titans here
0: taking on the Jags. Uh, Next one has a lot of playoff implications here. This is going to be one of those really good ones for the wild card. The Colts are going into Las Vegas. The Colts are a three-point road favorite. So a little bit of disrespect on the Raiders. The Raiders haven't looked great the last couple weeks, though, on the road. They go into Atlanta, have one of their worst offensive performances in years. Then they go into the Jets, and short of an incredible Henry Ruggs, the third touchdown at the end of regulation, they should have lost that game. But if you look at what the Raiders have done this year, they have quality wins, too. Obviously, they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Saints. They beat the Browns on the road. I think at home, comfortable, dome environment, they've handled Philip Rivers well over the last couple of years. I'm going to take the Raiders. Uh, I'm
2: going to have to throw more disrespect on the Raiders. I just, I don't see them beating the Colts here just because that Colts defense is just, they've just been evolving over the season and they've just become such a threat. And uh, I don't think Derek Carr has enough weapons or good enough weapons to, you know, take down the Colts. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the Colts here. Disrespecting (laughs) Nelson
0: Aguilar there, man.
2: Hey, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of tough, but Nelson Aguilar is doing pretty well on the Raiders. I can't deny that. Uh, you know him and Derek Carr have a decent connection, but in this this Colts defense is just too good. I think it's going to be too much to handle for Derek Carr.
0: You know the incredible part about that is that besides the Henry Ruggs the third touchdown at the end of regulation, Derek Carr could have hit Nelson Aguilar deep on the play before to win it mm-hmm. then too. It was really just bad coverage overall by the Jets and speaking of those jets, they are going into Seattle, they are O 12, they are 13 and a half point underdogs. Seattle, obviously, they got upset by one New York team. It's not going to be another. Seattle's going to get right, let Russ cook. I will say the Jets have been playing a little bit better. But, you know, as I will say just a quick thing on the Jets. I don't think that you can really say Greg Williams or Adam Gase was tanking. I've seen that, like, narrative thrown around. They don't give a shit about the Jets next year. Yeah. <laughs> why, why do they care if they draft Trevor Lawrence around? They're trying to win. I don't know why Greg Williams decided he wanted to call an all-out blitz and leave Henry Ruggs 3rd one-on-one. But... Either way, it wasn't because, oh, I got to make sure the Jets draft Trevor Lawrence next year as he's coaching God knows where next year as a defensive coordinator.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think that's a good point. And like, I, in my opinion, that last play just kind of confirmed to me that he's not tanking because if he was, I feel like he wouldn't have made it as obvious as he lost his job just hours after that game. And it was, you know, probably going to happen at the end of the season anyway. I don't see how you don't fire a defensive coordinator like that, uh, just the way the Jets are playing. But, you know, that kind of just put the nail in the coffin. But, yeah, Seattle's going to take this one easy. I see this as a rebound game for them. Russell Wilson has been struggling lately.
0: I see this as a rebound game for him, and I'm going to take Seattle. Okay. Packers going into Detroit. The Lions, they just let go of Matt Patricia. One of the biggest headlines of the week. Got a little bit of a boost in their first game. Obviously, they had a huge win against Chicago. Seven and a half point underdogs, though, at home against the Packers. They were leading at one point against the Packers in the first time these two teams played. I'm going to go a little bit dangerous here. I'm going to say the Detroit Lions in an upset. I'm Honestly, (laughs) I'm going to agree with you here.
2: I I think the Lions can put up a good fight. And, you know, divisional games are always a toss-up. You can't really, uh, you know, take out... The, the little guy, but, you know, Matthew Stafford played really well against the Bears last week, and, you know, I think they're just going to have a new spark in them with Matt Patricia gone, because I know he's, you know, it creates a little bit of a toxic locker room, but, uh, you know,
0: I, I just see the Lions taking it here. Yeah, I think it's just hard to recreate a Patriots-style locker room when you don't have the Patriots track record. That was yeah. the biggest thing, I think, that killed Matt Patricia, but Who knows, he'll be back in New England next year so we could kind of learn some more things from Bill. (laughs) Put that on the board. Next game up. Now, this one's interesting because of the exterior headlines around it. The New Orleans Saints are heading into Philly this week to face, not Carson Wentz, but Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was officially named the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. The line hasn't changed much. The Saints are still touchdown favorites on the road. Wow, it's uh, impressive, but that, that it came to that officially. And what do you even do if you're filling? Because you can't cut him. You owe him $50 million if you cut him. If he's not on the roster in 2021, you can't trade him either. It's the same deal. Um, and if you try and do it in 2022, you still pay the guy over $20 million. There's really no out for this level of paying a backup quarterback for them.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a tough situation they're in, uh, but honestly – you know, I, I think Wentz just has so much potential still. And I think, you know, you, you got to keep him in the run for, you know, being starter. And, uh, you know, he just he just has to work on his decision making and, you know, kind of hitting, you know, hitting the open routes, not trying to create stuff that's not there. So I think Carson Wentz, uh, you know, has still has a fighting chance to, you know, reclaim his spot on this team. But I do like the Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, kind of mix up. Uh, to give the Eagles, you know, a little fight. Uh, But, you know, the Taysom Hill is going to have a tough time, I think, against that Eagles run defense. But I
0: still see the Saints taking the Eagles here. Yeah, I think the Saints, if this was Drew Brees, I'd be a little bit worried him playing in Philly in late December. But not as much. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Saints. Um, I'm intrigued to see how this turns out because, obviously, I don't know. Like, uh, I was rooting for Carson Wentz for a long time. I thought he was, Mm -hmm. like, the guy, but – now, obviously, we're seeing him on the bench, and what needs to change in Philly, I think Doug Peterson needs to go. I think that's what needs to happen, and it's kind of crazy to say that about a head coach that won a Super Bowl just a couple years ago, but what's, what else are you going to do? Because, again, you can't just be hanging a quarterback, a backup quarterback, $30 million to be on your bench. It's just mm-hmm. illogical. Yeah, I agree. I think definitely
2: something has to change in coaching staff, uh, you know, in some way. But I think the biggest part uh, of their team that they need to improve if Carson Wentz is going to succeed is their offensive line, as he's probably one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think that's why he tries to create stuff that's not there, uh, you know, because he doesn't have that time. Uh, so if they upgrade their offensive line, I feel like that gives Carson Wentz a solid shot at you know succeeding but it would also help if they had receivers that could hold on to the ball so you know they kind kind of have a decent amount going wrong with them but you know this is they just need a better O line and uh you know some better play calling
0: okay well we have two games in one week for SoFi Stadium as the Chargers are also going to be at home this week they're going to be welcoming into town the Falcons now hopefully for both of these teams neither one of them have a fourth quarter lead I don't know if that's possible but both teams that I can't trust necessarily in that spot. The Falcons are the favorite. They are sitting at minus two, two and a half. Um, Against the Chargers though, the Chargers, wow. I don't know what else to say about that last performance. 45 to zero after Justin Herbert had just been straight up killing it. Was about to set the rookie passing touchdown records, rookie passing yards records. The guy's just been on fire all season long and then, oh, the hoodie rolls into town and things just go instantly downhill for them. They went out so flat and it wasn't even close to a competitive game. The Falcons, obviously they've been playing better under Raheem Morris. Anthony Lynn, he's right now on the biggest hot seat of ever. I'm going to say the Chargers just because I believe in Justin Herbert. I believe in the talent there. At some point, some of these like close games have to turn into wins. And... Coming off last week, just getting absolutely embarrassed. I like the Chargers to hold strong at home.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Chargers are going to take this one. Uh, and you know, Justin Herbert was you know had had his his kind of bad game. Uh, I think he's still in line for rookie of the year, uh, even though you know Justin Jefferson's coming up. But yeah, I see the I see the Chargers taking it. Uh, Against Matt Ryan, I feel like uh, people underrate the Chargers defense. I think, uh, you know, Joey Bosa is great on the D-line, and he's definitely going to create some pressure. And they got a pretty decent secondary to hang with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Plus, they're at home, you know, a little bit of a revenge game, kind of comeback game for Justin Herbert. So, I agree. I see the Chargers taking
0: this one. Okay, this next one. It hurts watching the Niners play this season, mostly because – Nick Mullins at QB is not it, unfortunately. They are three-point favorites at home. Well, kind of home. They're playing again in Arizona this week because Santa Clara County is just insane. (laughs) Anyway, at home against Washington, I just can't trust this pass rush. I can't trust Nick Mullins. I've seen what the Washington front seven is able to do, and I think it's going to cause a lot of problems. I actually, as a Niners fan here, have to say the Washington football team goes in and beats the San Francisco 49ers in their home away from home. Wow, that's a that's a tough call, especially as a Niners fan. I'm gonna I'm gonna put
2: faith in your team for you. And I'm gonna say that the Niners are gonna take this one. Uh, you know, the Redskins are coming off uh, you know, a good a good win, solid win. Uh, but you know, Antonio Gibson just Uh, you know, got hurt. And, you know, Terry McLaurin, as good as Alex Smith is, is really the only weapon on that offense. Uh, So I see Nick Mullins, he probably won't play well, as you said. The Washington, you know, they have a very good front seven. Uh, But I think the Niners
0: are going to take this one. Okay, well, let's talk about your boys. We talked about them a little bit at the start here, but they have a very competitive game coming up for them on Sunday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, obviously, Buffalo, you can't rule them out of it. Potential seating purposes here. Uh, so important win for the Steelers if they can get it. Buffalo opens as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and I take this from watching the Niners on Monday Night Football. Josh Allen has taken huge strides this year. Mm-hmm. He is hard to defend when he gets outside of the pocket, and given that you guys have had injuries to, again, your front seven, your pass rushers, Bud Dupree not being there, they can just double TJ Watt. I'm going to say he's going to be able to sit comfortably in the pocket and be able to do similar to what he did on Monday night and win this game on Sunday night. I'm, uh, you know, this is a little bit of a long shot. I know I have, uh, you
2: know, my wavering faith in the Steelers, but I still think they take this one. Uh, you know, they still got a pretty good line without Dupree. Obviously, you know, all the attention is going to go to Watt, but you know, with Stephon Tewitt and Cam Hayward in there, both great uh, defensive players I think they can still create pressure. If they're secondary, if Joe Hain went down at the end of yesterday's game, I don't think it's anything serious. But, uh, you know, if we keep having injuries to our defense, obviously it's going to show. But I think we still have enough pieces to disrupt Josh Allen enough. And if we were supposed to get James Conner back next week, which is really going to help our running game as, uh, you know, we struggled a lot against football team. So I see the Steelers winning by a narrow margin – as, uh, you know, they always keep their games close, and it stresses me out every single time
0: as a Steelers fan. But I, I see them taking it against the Bills. Okay, well, Monday night, obviously, still don't know what's going to happen in tonight's game in regards to the Ravens, but they are playing next Monday. They're going to be playing against the 9-3 and Cleveland Browns. Here's the thing. Every time I see this matchup, Cleveland versus Baltimore, as much as I want to just put my faith in Cleveland, because I think in the last three times these teams have played, I've picked them to win each of those three times, and then they get blown out. Baltimore is only a one-point favorite, and as much as I'd like to say the Browns come in and finally turn things around on them, I don't think they will. I think when we talk about mental maturity, when we talk about Baker Mayfield, anytime they've had like a huge high, they're coming off a big victory like they just had against Tennessee, they just come in so flat in their next game. And against a division opponent like Baltimore, I think it's going to happen again. I'm going to pick the Baltimore Ravens to win next week in Cleveland. I'm, I'm going to agree
2: with you here. And I think, you know, same thing. Baker is just, I think after last week, he should be named the most inconsistent quarterback in the NFL. Because, you know, one week he'll throw, you know, 400 yards, five touchdowns. Next week, throw 100 yards, three picks. Uh, and I see this as a 100 yards, three picks week. Uh, you know, that Ravens defense is just so tough. I do not see them overtaking the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson
0: is going to destroy the Browns' defense, so I'm going to take the Ravens. All right, Dylan. So this is your first time on the show, so you have to answer the same question that all our guests have to answer. What is your favorite all-time sports movie? Oh, all-time favorite. And I think I'm
2: just going to have to go with a classic. I think Field of Dreams uh, is probably my favorite. Uh, I'm a big baseball guy. I don't cover it on my podcast as much, uh, you know, just because uh, football and basketball is more the kind of attention. But you know, it's hard to beat Field of Dreams.
0: Oh, field of Dreams. Go play catch with your dad after this, with Pod, right? All right. <laughs> oh
2: yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's Bring pretty out dark out here in you know enola Pennsylvania, but you
0: know we'll turn on the lights and uh, you know play some catch. Okay. Well, next on deck, Pod, since you're on deck on this podcast. Tell me where to find, how to listen, what you're working on, anything new? Products? So uh, my, uh, I just picked up a new co-host.
2: Uh, one of my best friends from college uh, played D1 football at Colorado. So it's very exciting to have, uh, you know, get him on as a host. But uh, I post daily on my Instagram at next underscore on deck. And uh, we just recorded an episode today, you know, just covering the headlines for the NFL this week. So I hope to put that out by tomorrow. So check that out on YouTube and I
0: will put a link in my Instagram. Okay, so let go check out some of Dylan's content. But you, since you're listening to our content, you might as well subscribe. You might as well leave a review. You might as well use promo code slump to save 20% off plus free shipping and handling at manscaped.com or use promo code slump to save on coffee. Go to razorsport.com for all your betting advice. Find us on Instagram at slumpbusterpodcast, on Twitter at slumpbusterpod. We have tons of content we're working on for the YouTube channel, whether that be Cobra Kai reviews, fantasy football help videos. We're in the fantasy football playoffs. You need that advice. Go ahead and check that out. Like, comment, subscribe, stay safe, happy, and healthy. And we'll see you on the next one.